All right. Hello, and my name is John Michael Collins. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Before we get started, the music you just heard is fun, it's upbeat, and in a way kind of depicts me. I would like to thank and give a very special shout out to my friends Marino and Noah Correa, who provided the music for this project. They're part of a company called Cinema Sonic, which is a company dedicated to providing quality audio and visual works for your next project. They're planning on opening a new studio in the Seattle area catering to professional-level podcast production. If you would like to learn more, visit their website at cinema-sonic.com. Cinema as in a movie cinema, hyphen, sonic as in supersonic.com. It's a weird time for all of us right now. There's no doubt about that. Whether you're employed, whether you're unemployed, whatever part of the world you're on right now, things are weird, and they are going to continue being weird. Just however you are able to perceive the moment and walk away from the moment peacefully is ultimately what matters. So that you can come to the next one, and then the next one, they're all going to be different. A lot of them are going to feel the same. But you can say, I've been here before, I know how to deal with this. I'm trying to do this thing where I do like a little pre-roll conversation before I actually get into the episode. Since you're tuning in, I first and foremost want to thank you for that. And uh, want to just like invite you into something of like that's part of my life. In that it's now the end of July, the end of next month, the end of August, I'm actually moving from Seattle to Atlanta, Georgia. It's a weird thing. (laughs) I do really miss thunderstorms. I lived in the Midwest for six years. Georgia's by no means the Midwest. It's the East Coast. But there are a lot of thunderstorms there. There's also a lot of sun. I understand that it's hot. And yeah, I just want to change it up. If you are just joining, this podcast is a personal and therapeutic tool I call a vocal diary. It's a space for me to process thoughts, explore stories, and just post them for anyone who wants to listen. I'm not doing this for any type of social gain or to be a better human. I'm just doing it because why not, you know? Yeah, like journaling is a great thing for all of us to do. And why not add? add like a little spice into your journaling and kind of do it live instead of like thinking about it and then writing it. I guess I could write my journal and then read it, but that'd be just weird because this introduces like the cool mechanic of like actually talking (laughs) and ultimately what is talking, right? It's like your brain is reading off of a teleprompter, but you're not actually thinking about the reading. You're thinking about like the cognitive because you're constantly writing it as you're speaking it, which is cool. You have no time to, like, worry about turning into a presentational tone of actually reading something and trying to not sound like you are reading something, but trying to sound like you are just coming up with it on the fly. (laughs) It's amazing that this is already episode 18. Episodes 1 and 2 talk about who I am as a person. I mean, we're always constantly changing, but those, the things that are talked about in those episodes are like fundamental foundations to who I am. It's just like a big weird can of cups of worms, <laughs> which don't make sense a lot of the time. 
Speaking of time, the max episode time for this episode is 20 minutes. A quick disclosure that going on tangents may or may not be involved. This show is conversationally true to how I speak. If you can't tell thus far, if you're just tuning in now, you're like, this guy talks really weird. He doesn't even, he goes on tangents all the time. Just get to the point, okay? Here we go. Buckle up. <laughs> to when I overcame part one of two in fishing, I have down 2014, maybe 2015. I was like 20, 21, 22. If you've ever gone fishing, fishing like with a fishing pole, the idea of fishing is really, really cool. Just sitting back on a chair, maybe with a friend or two, looking over a lake, sitting on like a little pier, a little wooden pier, frogs croaking in the background, <laughs> with a can of worms next to you as fish bait. I don't have any plans anytime soon of talking of part two because I actually haven't overcome part two. <laughs> so if you want to help me overcome part two, <laughs> I'll be taking applications. Part one is overcoming the fear of putting the worm on the fish hook. Maybe that just gave you cringes, cringes, heebie-jeebies, whatever you call them. This was with my college friend from ChemLab. I have a few friends who actually, whoa, they both really like fishing. When you talk to them, they're like, you're like, hey, wh what, what have you been up to lately? And they're like, fishing, I've just been doing a bunch of fishing. If you were to ask me that question, what have I been doing recently? It'd be a lot of this, a lot of talking into a microphone, and just thinking, honestly, being inside my head all day. I know that does sound a little boring. I'm like, dude, get a life. I do have a life. I do do a lot of fun and interesting things. One, being unemployed, you kind of need to preserve your resources, and that limits the things that you can do. I really don't need a lot to be entertained. I would definitely, if I lived near a lake and had a fishing pole and a can of worms, I would probably be utilizing that time a lot more. Which goes into the lesson, but I'll hold off on that until I actually explain a little bit more of the worm thing. Worms are just creepy. <laughs> they're slimy. You don't know if they're going to bite you or not. I feel like ultimately we're afraid of things we don't know a lot, of, a lot about. For the most part, we're not afraid of driving because we're used to it if you do drive. If you don't drive, you're probably afraid of it because, like, it's something new and scary because, like, you've never done it before and you don't know what to expect. Jumping out of an airplane. Eating a new food. Yeah, stuff like that. John Michael, let this be a lesson that you should learn more about worms. <laughs> so then the next time you go fishing, you can easily bait the hook. So anyway, the lesson... Oh, crap, I forgot the lesson. I think the lesson was whatever's around you, would that be like how you spend your time? Whether it be like you have a lot of books, you have a TV, you have a drone, you have a microphone. Yeah, I guess this boils down to like fear. If you're scared of something... I think I heard a pastor one time say that fear is an acronym of false emotions appearing real. Just take anything you're afraid of. 
you have an emotion toward that thing that feels real, but it's probably false. Worms, for example. Maybe if you just study a little bit about worms, then you won't be afraid of them anymore. Part two is like, okay, actually, I'll let you in on it. Like when you're fishing, you catch a fish, like, okay, getting the hook out of the fish's mouth. Because the time that I went fishing with my friend, that's when I overcame the worm. And he's like, dude, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry. I did feel at peace with it. But then when we caught the fish, it was like, a, I think it was a bluegill. He was helping me take it off. And he, I remember him showing me like how to hold it. He's like, don't hold it this way because you'll get stabbed by the, it's fin. He was helping me ever so gently. And then I just, I lost all containment of my fear. Either he got stabbed by the fish fins or the fish hook. If you're listening, please forgive me. On to our next topic, to when I fell in love with farming. I'm just going to say 2010. I was 17. I always have this one memory at my uncle's in Iowa, my aunt and uncle and cousin on their farm. Actually, it wasn't even on their farm. We were taking a drive. It was either October or November, which is like pretty much the end of harvest season before the ground freezes and your crops like wither and die. I remember seeing like a tractor and a red grain cart. I think I even took a picture because it was so like nostalgic and peaceful. I can only try to explain this moment. I've told you before that I love the fall. It's nice and cool outside. You're like kind of bundled up in clothes, I guess all the time up until the corn starts like getting ready to be harvestable. It's obviously green, like plants are green for the most part. But like when time gets closer to harvest them, they get this like brittle light brown color. And when you see corn being harvested, the ground is, it's like these little stubs are sticking out of it, which are the stalks of corn, the leftover stock of corn. Because a combine, which is what harvests the corn, unless you're harvesting it by hand, it doesn't like pick up the full plant. So the combine is like a tractor, a machine, a vehicle, and then there's an attachable head on it that comes in various sizes. It gets close to the to the stalks of corn, to the bottoms of them, and just cuts them. And when it cuts them, they fall into the head, and they get chopped up. The corn is separated from the chaff. The chaff is uh, the corn husks. The plant leaves. It's separated from that. It's separated from the corn stalk, like the main... I guess you could say branch or stem. And then the corn, the ear of corn, is ground up in such a way that all the little kernels fall off. Most of them aren't broken, and then they fill up the back of the combine, this, like, container that just has the actual pieces of corn. And there's something just, I'm just going to say, fulfilling about seeing that and actually, like, getting to be a part of it. Maybe I should just go be a farmer. Once you experience farming, it's kind of hard to not want to be a farmer anymore. So maybe someday I could own maybe maybe just like an, an acre of land and let's just like plant corn. And then, yeah, that'd be cool. I've loved very few things in life like I love, like the love I felt in that moment of farming. Like I said earlier, saw the tractor, saw the red grain cart. 
the partially harvested field. I don't have dreams about that moment, but like I dream about that moment. I actually think about it a lot. Not a lot. Not like every day. Kind of out of all the things that I've done, that's one of them that I actually kind of love the most, which leads into our next topic. But first, if there's something that you think you partially love that you could do as a hobby or just for the rest of your life, why would you say no to that? I understand everybody has to make a living, but you can make a living doing what you love. You can. Even if it's as simple as pulling kernels of corn off of an ear and throwing them in a bucket. (laughs) To when I did the coolest chemistry experiment. This was 2013, I was 20. So like I just said, if you find something that's mildly interesting and you're like, oh my gosh, this is actually not mildly interesting, but actually very interesting, why not think about pursuing that? And this I actually did think about pursuing deeply for a long time. I'm not currently pursuing doing that, and I won't ever pursue doing that again. But this chemistry experiment, it involved marijuana. I won't talk about the details and how I did this because I, I don't want to endorse you to go do this yourself. Having grown up in Colorado, I was eventually exposed to marijuana. In one of my earlier episodes, I definitely I mentioned wanting to commit suicide, and this is one of the main reasons why I don't want to pursue this anymore. And everybody has a different reaction to marijuana. The outcome is so different for every single person that you don't know what could happen. Now, when I was in college, it was my sophomore year in college that I actually cooked using marijuana. And I say this was the coolest chemistry experiment. It was actually one of the coolest things I feel like I'd ever done. There are just some things that are fascinating. You want to learn more how they work. There are very few things that I actually recall wanting to learn about. The chemistry behind marijuana was one of them. It wasn't like an unhealthy habit that I got into, like an addiction. It was actually a few months after that it, it experiment I just did like the bunny ear thing with both my hands marijuana kind of was a vehicle to get me into a state of mind where I did no longer want to live anymore I was just like nope you know I I don't want to do that anymore so yeah if you've ever taken a chemistry class chemistry is very cool because there are so many things in and around us that are made up of molecules like if you look at your hand you have a bunch of skin and within that skin is a protein called laminin and laminin if you google pictures of it of its structure forms the shape of a cross not like the plus symbol cross but like a crucifixion cross so our next and last topic for this episode to when I had to reason across a language barrier. (laughs) 2015, I was 22. This goes to the time that I was in Albania. I'm not quite this way anymore. If you've ever heard of Kona coffee, like Kona coffee comes from Hawaii, 
when I was in Hawaii, like I definitely wanted to try Kona coffee. You could buy some and bring it home, but it was enormously expensive. I guess I just went to the touristy spot and they're like, oh, tourists, they'll pay a lot of money for stuff. Like this thought of buying different coffees from different places and like buying a bag of it. You know what? Let's be in the moment. Let's buy a cup, drink it here, enjoy it, and then move on. There's coffee back home. That's not $36. It was around that. This one store I went to, it was like a bag of coffee, probably the size of your hand. That was like half Kona coffee, half a blend of just like regular coffee. And it's like, why is this so expensive? Yeah, so anyway, our last topic, the language barrier, Albania coffee, buying coffee from another place. I wanted to buy coffee from Albania and bring it home. Authentic European coffee. Here in the United States, you go to a coffee shop. You order a cup of coffee. You can also, if you like their coffee, you can buy a bag of the coffee that they sell and take it home so you can like actually prepare, so you can actually brew the coffee yourself. But in Albania, like you would go to a coffee shop, you would get coffee, and then I asked the barista, where I could find a bag of this coffee. And he actually didn't understand. I would talk to people there, asking them where I could find a bag of coffee. Why do you want a bag of coffee? And I'm like, (laughs) so I can take it home, grind it up, and mix it with hot water. That was like the simplest way to put it. Why I specifically say crossing a language barrier, I talked about the reasoning In other languages, we in the U.S. have a word for something, but in Albania, they don't know what that word means because they don't have a word that resonates with it. Like if they were trying to explain something to me, it's like on the tip of their tongue, but they don't know how to explain it, which is completely fine. And that's the language barrier. By the way, I did get end up getting like a two or three pound bag of coffee and I brought it home and I still think I have some of it. Whatever language is your natural tongue, think about it. (laughs) Another funny uh, language barrier thing was my friends and I, when we were in Albania, I wanted to order a waffle for breakfast. So I went on Google Translator, but in their language, Jepura, which is what came out of Google Translator when I typed in waffle, it was a bad word and also something that you would never order. So you can look that up on your own. So just be careful when you use Google Translator. Our waiter, he understood. Oh, you mean this word. (laughs) He was very forgiving. It's been a good time. I'll see you next time. I really want to thank you from the deepest part of my heart for tuning into this episode. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and anyone and everyone you know. And also, if you don't mind, head over to my website, which acts as my creative portfolio, johnmichaelcollins.com. La 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 la